Hey guys, yes, welcome to this um, first Topics of My Mind for 2023. I know it's kind of a, a little different than normally what I would try to do, which would be live streaming, but um, uh, the reason being is because, one, I woke up later than usual today. Yes, I am off, and uh, tomorrow um, I do work, basically, uh, but then the next three days after that, I will be off. It's it's that time of year right now to where the schedule kind of gets a little wonky. Um, like a week from today, which is Martha Luther King Day, uh, my mom's going to be off, but I'll be working. And by me working, basically, it also means that um, I will be off the following day and, of course, Wednesday as well. But then I'll be working on a Thursday, and then off on a Friday, then working on a Saturday. It's just one of those uh, situations where the schedule is kind of like, you know, like this a little bit. You know, after the holiday season, when it's kind of like trying to flex itself, you know, out appropriately to where, uh, excuse me, uh, to where basically we uh, were able to balance out like, okay, who could be here for like a certain amount of hours, you know, and short hours and stuff like that. So it's one of those, it's one of those situations right now that we're going through at my job. So mainly, I only work like two days this week, which is th Tuesday and Saturday. Excuse me. And then come uh, next week, it'll be like I'm working three days. Uh, but the only reason I'm working on Monday, you know, for that extended time, like I said, is because it's Martin Luther King Day, and it's looked at as a as a holiday where a lot of places are closed down, some businesses closed down. And everybody is out and about, schools closed down, stuff like that. Um, now, as, as far as my job goes, you know, it is, you know, it's been almost about a year. It'll be a year actually next week, uh, believe it or not. So that's going to be something uh, to look forward to. As a matter of fact, I believe, uh, yeah, I do, not not believe, but I do know I'll be working on my anniversary day, which is the 19th. Which is basically next uh, next uh, Thursday, not this Thursday, but next Thursday. Yeah, I'll be working on that day. So I'm I'm assuming I'll get something, maybe uh, to celebrate that uh, one year anniversary. I'm not saying I will. I'm not saying the whole store is going to say, "Hey, happy anniversary" and all that. But I've got a. I just have a feeling something may come my way. That's kind of like, you know, added to the uh, celebration. Like maybe in addition to payment, you know, additional payment, if you will, to make check and all that. I don't know. Uh, but we'll have to see. We will have to truly, uh, truly see about that. The other thing that's interesting about my job is the guy that was doing the scheduling for a while. Um, his name was, and I can say it now because he's not there. He works for Amazon now. Uh, Bonil. Um, he, he's no longer there. You know, I think, well, I think I just give it away, but yeah, he's no longer there. So the person that's doing our scheduling, as far as I know right now, is our store manager. But it does look like one of the front NTLs is taking over that job eventually very soon because uh, I saw her bringing in somebody to, um, you know, ask them about the availability in the future. So I'm assuming that the front NTL that, you know, um, is there um, almost every day I'm there. Well, almost, I should say is the one that's going to be doing the scheduling in the future. So hopefully she'll have more of an understanding of what works for me and what doesn't. So hopefully that works out um, in the end. Um, the other reason I'm also, you know, doing the topics on my mind like this instead of a live stream 
uh, is mainly because, like I said, not only did I wake, not only, like I said, did I wake up later than usual, but it's because of the weather outside right now. I don't know if, you know, it'll cause power to go out or, or what. Uh, right now, it seems to be calm. We've been going through a winter storm over the past week and everything, and I think we're in the final week or the final days of it, um, if you will. So, I'm assuming, I'm assuming, basically, things are going to get better, but... The other reason, too, is because, um, as you guys have seen throughout my uh, run of Topics on My Mind live streams and all that, and even with these recordings, the phone will ring and it will be my mom telling me, okay, I'm on my way home, or she wants to check up on stuff. So, I figured the best way to do this one right now, the first one of the year, is to uh, essentially just record it, just in case anything does come up. And, um, you know, speaking of the storm and everything... You know, there is a good chance that right now, according to the weather uh, app or the weather, um, you know, predictor on my um, on my Xfinity um, uh, tablet, which is the basically it's the tablet that, you know, allows you to arm and lock or unlock, you know, uh, your security system. Uh, basically, it says in the weather portion of that because it gives you the weather as well that things are going to lighten up a little bit. Like, there'll be a less percentage of certain, you know, storm activity um, over the next week, you know, over this next week, these next couple of days. Uh, but the reason I bring that up is because last Thursday, uh, last Thursday, believe it or not, um, I, now, one, I was working. You know, I was working that day. I was working Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, along with Monday and uh, Tuesday. You know, so I was working. But... What happened is last Thursday, um, I got off at 3.45, actually 3.41, a little earlier. I got off a little earlier so I can catch my bus, uh, which was the 3.41 bus. But anyway, you know, I get home and my mom's already home. Now, you might think, oh, did she get off early and everything? No. Her job, basically on that day, or the day prior, which was a Wednesday, said, yeah, we're going to get hit with a bomb cyclone, possibly, or at least a remnant of it. And we don't want to take a chance with any of you right now. And so we're going to close the sites down. And it wasn't just where my mom's at, but it's also all the other sites so uh, across the bay. So they shut them down for the day, and she ended up having a day off. Now, today, we had a little bit of a, st we had a storm as well, mostly overnight, but also in the morning. And I told my mom via messenger to text me, let me know when she gets there or call me. And she did. And she told me that if it's like this tomorrow morning, she's not going. You know, she's not leaving. Or if she does leave, she's going to wait it out until it calms down. And, um, you know, she said basically it was the most, she was very stressed from it. And the, what that tells me too, uh, in a sense, is, you know, my mom's getting at that age. Just like a lot of our parents get to a certain age. You know, where if they're still working and they're working, you know, at a job that's not close to home or anything, you know, they need to start, or even if it is close to home, but it's, you know, a lot of work, they need to start contemplating stepping down, probably reducing their schedule or even flat out retiring. And my mom basically told the teachers, hey, if this happened, you know, if it's like this tomorrow, I'm not coming in, or at least I'm going to wait it out. And what that tells me is, because that, that's like the first time I've ever heard her say that to her teachers, or at least her acknowledging she said something like that to her teachers. 
what that tells me again is my mom's getting at that point where yeah maybe considering reducing the schedule or stepping down finally flat out retiring may not be that bad of an option in the future especially with things the way they are right now now thank god she got to work safely and she'll get home safely but it's just one of those situations to where you know this week with the way the weather is not sure whether or not it's going to you know reduce itself to a you know 80 percent 70 percent 10 percent percentage and all that uh, but you know this week you know my mom could not just tomorrow but could one one of these days throughout the week consider not going depending on how the weather is and it could be a day that i'm off so you know that's, that's another reason i'm doing this too because yes if things plan out right if things pan out right i should say you know and safely for for my mom and everything come wednesday you know that day and then a the couple of days afterwards i will be uh trying to do a live stream once in a while for you guys to um enjoy so hopefully hopefully things work out and the weather can cooperate in that manner um also uh, I also wanted to come on here and thank you guys uh, for the fact that, believe it or not, one of my videos that I uploaded just yesterday is an audio video, which I also did a, uploaded to my uh, podcast, BW Rose's Discussions, my audio podcast, my mainly audio podcast, is the Trust and Belief if video, where I talk about trust and belief is why wrestling YouTubers and podcasters don't trust Vince's return to WWE for a sale. And I mentioned it, you know, in there, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that here as one of the topics, uh, because a lot of people seem to be a little confused. I think all of us are confused as what's going on here. Uh, but mainly, uh, the trust and belief is because, you know, not everybody feels he's there to do exactly what he says. And as of right now, since I uploaded this um, uh, this uh, last night, as a matter of fact, if I check my uh, television, because that'll kind of give me a better idea. Uh, I uploaded this about 16 hours ago. It is now at 224, just about 225 views in a little under 24 hours. So I thank you guys for that. Um, you know, because honestly, it is something that needs to, you know, be addressed. You know, as to why, even though all these articles, all these people within the company and everything say otherwise, why people don't believe it. So again, I'll talk about that in another topic. But yeah, I want to thank you guys for the, the viewership on that. As well as thank you guys for the viewerships on the two Spike and Rarity videos I did. The first one, uh, which is, it's 2023 and the uh, Spike Rarity fan base is bigger and stronger than before. That's reached 477 views um, since it's debuted. And then the other one, which debuted two days ago, uh, which is view, well, I talk about the views on my latest um, Spike and Rarity uh, video, uh, proves that this ship is stronger than it's ever been. That's reached 323. And the other videos that have really reached tremendous numbers, like um, Dave Meltzer, who coming out and saying, you know, he doesn't believe Mercedes Monet. Uh, the former Sasha Banks is going to be AEW bound this Wednesday. That's hit 235. Um, you know, me talking about hopefully wrestling fans can um, be more understanding of each other instead of debating. You know, in 2023, that hit 209. My reply to um, the PJ show 
about Amy Rose was amazing, amazing and how she was demolished video that he did. My reply there got 255 views. Uh, the video games I bought video in 2022 and the goal for this year has reached 236. Uh, the video uh, where I talked about the CEO, Mercedes Monet, formerly Sasha Banks, arriving in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but is there more to it, reached 202. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Chris Jericho saying that CM Punk will not be in AEW ever again, but is that really true? That video has hit 240. And then the one that really hit a lot, which was really surprising, um, you know, is basically back on the 2nd, about a week ago, well, I talked about if Sasha is a free agent and heading to New and heading to Wrestle Kingdom, then why is she still on the roster page? Which, you know, that's been updated. She's now on the alumni section. That's hit 585. So again, guys, I got to thank you for really starting off this year, uh, this year for me viewership wise on a high note. Even though I cannot truly monetize the way I used to because of one of the things I will talk about here um, on the channel, you know. There are other uh, financial avenues out there. Like I got my Teespring store. You can check that out. Um, you can find merchandise there. You can't find anywhere else. I have the Venmo at Brian-Womer-2 and Cash App at BWRoses98. You know, where you can help support me. Little Every little bit counts there. And my Patreon at BWRoses where I have the $1 and $3 tier. I'm also considering other avenues as well. Uh, there's the subscription thing for DeviantArt. I'm looking at that as an option. And I'm looking at the monetization option with Vimo. And I'm going to talk about that too later on. Uh, to where you can create your own website and stuff. And, um, you know, go from there. But again, I'll talk about that later on. But like I said, I just wanted to thank you guys on the viewership numbers that I got there. Because I'm just totally floored by that. Um, you know, in the long run. I really am. But, with that said though. With that said, as I look at the time here, with that said, let's talk about what uh, topics are going to be talked about today. What topics we're going to get into today. Uh, the first topic, one I just mentioned, and I have been going over along with everybody else. Number one, Vince McMahon back in power. That's one. Two, YouTube cracking down on the swearing. Three, is Vimo, BitChute, and Anchor, that's Anchor Podcasting by Spotify, the next YouTube-like outlets? Four, woke SJW council culture dying? And uh, five, will Warner Brothers cut more content from HBO Max? And six, will 2023 be the year we see a female singer-slash-artist do a sledgehammer-inspired music video... Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video, basically, to their own song or a cover of the Sledgehammer song. Those are uh, the topics uh, right there. So if you can see them, that's what we're going to talk about uh, in just a minute. We're going to talk about those in just a minute. But yeah, I just wanted to give you guys a bit of an update, kind of vlog a little bit, chat with you a bit uh, before we get into it uh, as to what's happening, what's going on. And... You know, with that said, let's get on to our first topics, shall we? Alright, so the first topic we are going to talk about is Vince McMahon back in power. Now, 
there's been a bit of a confusing understanding as to what's really going on. Long story short, as I've talked about, and others like Salamonster, uh, Salamonster Sounds Off, JD from NY206, who, by the way, like I said in the audio video, Trust and Belief, uh, JD from NY206, the host of Off the Script, uh, made, Fo made the news in Fox News by having them quote, you know, several tweets that he put out when this news broke. And to me, as I said in the audio uh, pod, in the audio video and podcast, that's kind of a big deal for a lot of us wrestling fans, analysis, and YouTubers out there, and podcasters out there, because at least it lets major corporations like WWE and AEW know, hey, you know, we may not know everything, you know, that goes on in the business, but we do pay attention, you know, enough to know, yeah, this may not be a good thing, or this may be a good thing, or whatever. But yeah, um, like I said, you've heard people like him, Solomonster, uh, Just Alex, or Just Alex Central, Alex's World. You've heard other people, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez. A lot of people touch upon this and all kind of have that same feeling of, you know, Vince, you know, being back in power um, in some capacity cannot be trusted. Now, what kind of power does he have? Well, basically, long story short, to make it simpler for a lot of us that may not understand this kind of stuff, initially, he is back to facilitate, facilitate, mind you, a possible sale of WWE, you know, to somebody else, and basically be there to oversee potential new TV media rights deals. Now, does this mean he's back in power as he was before? No, he is not. In fact, a lot of people have called out Alex, you know, of Alex, you know, of just Alex's world, of Alex's world, just Alex Central. People have called out JD from J, you know, from off the script. People have called out Solomonster for all basically saying, "Hey, he's back in power. He's the executive chairman," and they're all calling them out by saying, "No, he is not. He's not in that position that you think he is, because if he was, his." Daughter would not be chairwoman and co-CEO along with Nick Khan right now. Vince McMahon is just a member of the board that ironically owns a majority of the shareholder, a majority of 80% of the shareholders or stockholders, uh, whatever it is. You know, that's what, that's what he owns. Thus, he has majority voting power. It doesn't mean he has complete control. It doesn't mean he's completely back in power. Now, I'm not going to say he's not in power in some capacity, but he's not in power to the point that people fear he is. And that's what a lot of people look at. That's what a lot of people are trying to call out and explain to these you know, established wrestling YouTubers and analysis. They're trying to explain to them, look, what you fear is going to happen is not going to happen because of... This and that. And yet what they're trying to explain, like I said in that Trust and Belief audio video, what they're trying to say basically is that's where you're wrong because this is Vince McMahon we're talking about and he can find a loophole and all that. And, you know, they're not wrong in, you know, their skepticism, if you will, the whole situation. They're not wrong about, you know, feeling the way they do because, again, this is Vince McMahon. He can always find a way to get what he wants. I mean, Alex, even today, had to, um, I, I guess you could say, we quote something he said in a video when he talked about this. When somebody tried to mention, hey, 
you guys are wrong about this. I don't know why you're getting this impression. Alex, because of everything Vince McMahon has put him through as a fan, basically is trying to explain, uh, that's where you're wrong. You see, yes, he may not have the power like he used to, but it doesn't mean he can't make it feel like he does. Like, if he doesn't want Johnny Gagano around when they make the TV rights deal, he could say, you know what? I don't want this. There's no TV rights deal unless you fire Johnny Gagano. Okay, fire. Okay, TV rights deal away. That's how just Alex Central sees it. And the same goes for JD and Solomonster. That's how they see it. That even though he may not have the power like he wanted initially, because he sent in letter after letter after letter, basically saying, hey, give me back what I want. Essentially saying, hey, put me back in charge of everything. He didn't get exactly what he wanted. He didn't. He got basically the the bare minimum. And that bare minimum is what he said he would agree to help do. And that's facilitate a possible sale of the company and oversee the TV media rights deals. And that's it. He didn't get everything else. But yet, because of what, as I mentioned in that video, in that audio video podcast, you know, he basically has put the fan base through so much agony over the past decade or so, you know, if you will, by taking a big staining pile of you know what, you know, on what the fans want at times, that he cannot be trusted. Even the talent, and I mentioned this, and everybody's mentioned this, even the talent, those that have spoke with sites like Fightful.com and others, and you know, like Dave Meltzer and stuff, have all said that they don't trust this guy. They don't trust him. And a good example as to why they don't trust him, and they don't want to say it right now, but I'm pretty sure they'll touch upon it, is the upcoming Raw is 30... Uh, edition of Monday Night Raw. You know, who's to say, in their opinion, that the first thing you don't hear that night is, no chance. You know, who's to say you won't hear that? That is the last thing they want to hear. So hopefully, hopefully, like I said before, you know, in the audio video podcast, hopefully, Stephanie, Paul Levesque, Nick Khan, people close to Vince have talked to him into not showing up, not just at the Stamped uh, Stamp, Stamford, Connecticut offices, you know, Titan Towers, but not showing up anywhere because of, you know, the, I, I guess you could say the atmosphere, the negative atmosphere he would bring along with them. The other reason why people feel he's back in power, despite others saying that's not entirely true, he's not back in the power, you know, capacity that you think he is, you know, is because of the fact it's because of the fact that he comes out, and I mentioned this in the in the pot, in the audio as well. He comes out and says that he's, you know, pleased with the exceptional management team they have, and he's not going to interfere. He's not going to interfere with the government investigations or anything like that. He's just here to do the sale of the company, possibly, and the TV media rights deals. That there is another reason why people don't trust him. They don't. They don't. They don't trust him whatsoever. They don't trust a word he says. And, you know, you could have people explain to them to the blue in the face, you're wrong, and here's why. They'll look you into the blue in the face and say, no, you're wrong. Don't you understand? This is Vince McMahon. He's going to kill us all. Oh, out the window. 
That's basically what it is with them. Because, again, people will be like, you don't get it. You know, you don't get it. This is why. He, look at all this. And others are like, no, you're wrong. He's going to kill us all. He's going to kill the company. Well, run for your life. Out the window. You know, they would literally run out a window on the highest, tallest building, building just to prove you wrong. All because of what Vince McMahon has done to them mentally as fans, mentally as talent, mentally as office employees. They don't know what to believe with this guy. That's why you have JD. That's why you have just Alex. That's why you have Salamasa, OTR Central, all basically saying the same thing. That Vince McMahon is back in power. We're just too blind to see it. Now, as I mentioned before, in the pot, in the audio that I did yesterday, you know, basically, like I, well, I'm trying to think about what I was, uh, what I was about to say. I almost lost track of my mind because <laughs> doing that parody there. I do apologize, uh, but basically, basically, Vince McMahon. How do I put this? Okay, I almost lost my I lost my track of thought there. Hold on, guys. Let me rewind. Okay. Basically, what I was trying to say is people will say that to the blue in the face. And here's what's... Okay, now I'm back on track. Okay, now I'm back on track. Here, um, here's what I was trying to say. Yesterday, like I mentioned in the, in the audio, JD, as I mentioned here at the beginning of this topic... Uh, J.D. basically got in the news. And you can't tell me that that didn't get the attention of people in WWE showing it to Paul Levesque, showing it to Stephanie, showing it to Nick Connell, at least acknowledging it. You can't tell me that they aren't having a laugh at it. You can't tell me that people that know the business side of things, the stock side of things, are not having a laugh reading about this. Because to them, what this J.D. is doing is just being a fan, criticizing you know, about the fact that, oh, the person he doesn't like is back just to do this, and he believes it's going to be worse. This guy doesn't know anything about the eternalness of what goes on. And here's the thing. The reason JD said what he did on Twitter, the reason he said what he did uh, on his live off the script yesterday, you know, and everything, is it's his opinion. Yes, he can come out and say, hey, I've gotten... 50-75% of the thing I've said and predicted right on my show. He has a right to say that. He has a right to say that. But, but, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. People within the WWE, people that are helping to facilitate, you know, future TV rights deals and a possible sale, they get wind of what he's been quoted of in the Fox News article, and they're just going to have a laugh. Because all they're going to see is just a fan complaining, complaining about, oh, this is going to, this, this is going to kill the business. Oh, it's over, it's over, it's over. And to them, they're going to be like, this person doesn't know what the, doesn't know jack of what they're talking about. And look, what JD has there is his opinion. Yes, would it be great if he said, and he does do this, he does do this, but wouldn't it be all right if he, most of the time before he starts talking about something, come out and say, this is my opinion. An opinion that's shared by a lot of people, but it's my opinion, and I could be wrong about it. Would it be easier if he did something like that? Absolutely. But this is, that's not who JD from NY206 is. 
JD is someone that will tell it like it is because of what he's been through as a fan himself. He does not want to have, and why, and the reason he says it the way he does when it comes to Vince is he does not want to go back to what he's afraid is going to happen. You know, neither does the talent. Neither does anybody in the, in the Stanford offices. You know, none of them want to go back to that. And that's why when people say he's back as executive chairman, he's back in power, that's why it gets a little confusing because not a lot of people are sure about that. Because to them, you know, if Vince is back in power, we would have seen an automatic change of everything just like that overnight. But we didn't. Because as I said, and others have tried to point out, you know, Vince signed documentation stating that he's only there to do these two specific things, and that's it. And if he tries to cross the line, it's going to cause trouble. It's going to cause trouble. And again, the other thing being is that the WWE has more information on him that has not been made public, that can not only, if made public, not only could hurt him, but by extension hurt the company. And I don't think Vince wants the company that he owns, he inherited, not founded, inherited from his father to be put in that kind of jeopardy. So I'm hoping, so hopefully Stephanie and Triple, Stephanie and Paula, Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, Paula Vec, aka Triple H's son-in-law, have talked to him, Nick Khan has talked to him and said, look, we know you want that power back that you used to have, but if you do that, then there's going to be board members on here that will pull, that will not hesitate to make public the other stuff that you did that will not only make you look bad, but by extension make this company look bad. And is that something you want? And I believe that's why Vince won't make a power play just yet. He won't. And even if he does try to make a power play, it'll be when a sale possibly happens. But like I said in the audio video, I don't think whoever buys the company and the front runner on everybody's opinions, Comcast, you know, NBC Universal. I don't think those people will want Vince either. They'll look at the management team that's doing a great job right now and say, Vince, we thank you for helping to facilitate the sale of the company to us, us, which is now a Comcast property. But, oh, by the way, we don't need you. You're gone. Bye-bye. You know, that, that to me is what's going to be possibly something that bites him in the, in, the, in the rear, if you will. It's going to bite him in the rear because of the fact that he, in a lot of people's mind, you know, they believe he only wants to facilitate a deal if the agreement is to keep him in charge. But what's going to bite him in the rear is whoever buys the company, like I said, the front runner being Comcast, they're going to tell him, no, we're happy with Stephanie, Triple H, and Nick Khan. You, bye-bye. You know, and that's it. That's it. You, bye-bye. Because they know what he, they know what kind of baggage he'd be bringing. They know it. So, is Vince McMahon back in power? Not specifically along the lines that people fear he is. He's not. He's not back in power in the way that people feel he, fear he is. You know, does he have power? Yes. Does he have basically, essentially, final say in some of the voting? Yes. You know, does he have the final say when it comes to a sale and the media rights? Absolutely. But again, if a sale happens, like I said, whoever buys him, whoever buys the company, I should say, uh, is not going to probably want to deal with him. They're going to... Because here's the thing. When a comp- when another outlet buys a company like WWE, they're going to want to do research. They're going to want to see, 
you know, they're going to want to do background checks on everybody they might be bringing you know, along with the sale that they might want to keep on board. And once they look at Vince, they're going to be like, no way. You, you're toxic. You know, we appreciate you trying to help facilitate the sale, but you're toxic. We don't want nothing to do with you. Your daughter, your son-in-law, Nick Khan, hey, we're happy to work with them. You, uh-uh. And that would be it. And you know what that would also mean? You know what that would also mean? That would also mean Kevin Dunn. Bye-bye. You know, Bruce Pitchard. Bye-bye. Because of the association with Vince. And whoever would buy the company, if it's Comcast, might do a little research and maybe find out that they know some things that they've been keeping hidden about Vince. And once those get exposed, they could be gone. So, yeah, you know, whether or not, you know, whether or not people want to believe Vince is back in total power or has a limit, back in some kind of limited capacity of power where, you know, it does feel like he has a lot of power, but he doesn't, you know, that's their opinion. You know, that's their opinion on how they want to feel, but I, I don't think, I don't think we really have nothing to worry about because, again, Again, he signed documentation. That signed documentation has been made made into various copies sent to everybody out there. The SEC, the FTC, State of Delaware, State of Connecticut, you know, his own family, the representatives, you know, on the board and the people they and the companies they represent, they all have copies. They all have copies. Including the potential buyers out there, they all have copies. And with that documentation, with Vince's signature on there, he can't do anything. And if he does, then it will prove to everybody involved, mostly the SEC and the FTC and all of them, that he is nothing more than a liar. He is nothing more than an egomaniac that's a liar, and he only said these things because he wants back in power ultimately, which he will not get. But is he back in power? To an extent, yes, but not entirely. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that. But, again, this is where my audio video podcast that I did last night comes into play. And why people have trust and belief issues when hearing that. And hearing it from anybody else. Because to them, you know, it's nothing but BS. People, like I said earlier, could tell them to the blue in the face, you don't have nothing to worry about. But to them, they could tell those people, to the blue in the face, no, you're wrong, he's going to kill the entire business, run for your lives, out the window, you know, they can, that's how they feel. That's how they feel because they don't know what to trust with this guy. But is he back in power? Yes. Is he back in power to a point that he has full control? No. And will we have to see what happens in the future? Absolutely. But again, documentation is out there that if he, that he's only here to do two things. And if he does more, then legally that's going to come back to bite him. Whether people want to believe that or not. But... That's all I'm going to say on that topic, guys. Let me know what your thoughts are in the live chat and below. And now on to topic number two. All right, on to topic number two. YouTube cracking down on the swearing? Yeah, apparently. Apparently. Now, I first heard about this thanks to Double Toasted. Shout out to them. Uh, But also, I haven't watched all of it yet, but it seems Angry Joe touched upon it as well at the beginning, and we'll probably touch upon it more on the AGS News a video they put out, uh, the first one of the year. And I think it's the first one of the year. I'm not really sure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, YouTube seems to be cracking down on the swearing. Um, the reason being is 
YouTube, Google is a publicly traded company. We know that. And as we all know, when a company that used to not be so public goes public, you know, a lot of things have to change over time. Especially you have certain investors and sponsors and, and all that. And it seems YouTube slash Google is following in those footsteps of cracking down on things that we used to be able to do. And how are they cracking down on it? Well, doing to many uh, YouTubers out there, like myself, like Double Toasted, like Angry Joe, uh, and others, AVGN, they're cracking down on the swearing. They're cracking down on the swearing by demonetizing any videos that have it. And this this is something that I don't honestly think is going to last long. And the reason I say that is because even though you can understand that YouTube and whoever made this decision has potentially good intentions because they know that, you know, everybody, including kids who are not supposed to be watching videos that are not meant for them, you know, do, you know, do end up watching them. You know, even though they may have true, you know, good intentions, what they're doing is taking away freedom of speech. And that freedom of speech, you know, is something that made YouTube very popular. I mean, remember, YouTube has gone through a lot. You know, a lot of the YouTube content creators have fought all these different uh, decisions out there that were going to be made to change the outlook of how you do videos here on YouTube or other platforms. I mean, who can forget the AC, the the uh, the Actica, you know, ACTA, or the other things that were out there. They were trying to change the outlook of sites like YouTube and how you produce content. And now it seems that Google and YouTube have decided to go in a direction that's not very uh, popular. It's not very fond of, you know, it's not fond, it's not uh, smiled upon by a lot of people. It's actually frowned upon. Because there are a lot of YouTube content creators out there that swear. They do swear a lot in their videos. You know, like I said, Angry Joe, he's known for swearing a lot in his reviews. You know, and his uh, AGS News and uh, movie reviews and all that. And now he's got to cut that down to, instead instead of saying, what the, you know, F, he's got to say, what the heck, or something like that. He's got to cut it down. You know, same with James Wolfe, same with Doug Walker. You know, know, their personas, even outside of their personas, you know, they swear. They do say, they do drop F-bombs, you know, S-bombs, you know, um, you know, A-bombs, if you will. They drop them. But now they got to be careful. They got to be totally careful. Essentially, what they got to do, essentially, what YouTube is doing to a lot of content creators is they're saying, look, we don't mind if you kind of get mature uh, in what you're talking about, but watch the language. I mean, it's kind of funny because I was watching a video that James Rolfe put out. It was one of his editorial videos that he does on the side. And he was talking about how, you know, essentially R-rated movies uh, get censored when they're on broadcast television. You know, and how certain words are either just bleeped out entirely or or basically uh, they're not just bleeped out entirely, but they're changed up. You know, you have either the same actor or actress come back and maybe go in studio and re-record the line to fit television. Or you have someone completely different that doesn't sound like the actor or actress 
come in and record the line to make it fit, suitable for television, or the words just bleeped out. I mean, one of the videos I've watched, um, it was a, what is it, technological thing or something like that, where they t talked about this device that was advertised on television long ago. It was one of those devices that, you know, um, was the As Seen on TV um, advertisements that gets like a paid program once in a while to, to truly advertise it. Well, basically, this device would, you know, censor out any words on your television. They would. Even through VHS, maybe LaserDisc, uh, laser I should say. Um, but yeah, uh, either through cable itself, broadcast television itself, VHS, LaserDisc, or even DVD to an extent, they would basically uh, cut out the word. Like if you're watching a movie on HBO back in the day and you had this device hooked up, but you wanted to watch this with your entire family because you felt, hey, with the exception of these you know, swear words, it's a good movie for everybody to watch. You know, uh, basically what this device would do is it would cut out that word. It would mute it out or something. Oh, you would see it on the uh, caption, but you wouldn't hear it. Or something like that. And that's kind of... And going back to what James said in his video, you know, how broadcast television would do what they did, that kind of feels like what YouTube's doing here. Because when you look at the captions, and this is something that I don't know if anybody brought up. I'm not sure if Angry Joe's going to bring it up or not. But if you look at the captions, when you swear... Even the even the smallest of swear words, if you swear air on your video, true, it won't get blocked out. It won't get bleeped out or muted out. No, instead, it will be blanked out in the captions. Like you could say what the, you know, and instead of it saying down there uh, the word, you know, it's going to say what the blank. It's not going to have anything there. The only way around that is if you put in the captions yourself. You find a way to work that caption system to put it on, put them in uh, yourself. And that's about it. But even that, I think, is probably going to be changing too to the point that when you type in that word, you know, because it coincides excuse me, with what you're saying in the video, it'll get blanked out. I think that's what they're heading. But why are they cracking down on it is the question. And again, I think Double Toasted kind of said it best. It's one of those situations where they're going to make updated changes without us knowing. And th that's pretty much it. They're doing updated changes without us knowing. And because we don't know that they're making these changes, you know, it comes as a surprise to a lot of us. It really does. But like I said, I don't think it's going to last forever. I think what's going to happen is there's going to be enough of an uproar, enough of a, I guess you could say, petitioning, wielding uh, support to have Google change this and say, okay, look, you know, we'll let you swear, but you, there are certain words you could use, but if you use other words, we'll bleep them out. That, to me, would be the uh, essential compromise. Like, you could use the S word, you could choose, you can use the D word, you could use the A word. And those are fine, but if you go with the F word, no matter how you put it, we'll bleep that out. That's the compromise. That's the compromise. 
uh, in my opinion, that I think should should happen, maybe will happen. Because, again, you're going to have a lot of people being like, you know, why? You know, we're just talking. It's freedom of speech. Why would you take this away? And, again, I think it's basically the fact that whoever's doing this is looking at the fact that, hey, they might have an option where you could, you know, say, hey, my video is for kids or it's not for kids. You know, maybe that person's realizing that it's not going to matter if you label it for kids or not for kids, kids are still going to watch, which is why I think they're cracking down. But again, I don't think it's going to last. I really don't. And what this is going to end up doing is not only come to a, a situation where we will get a compromise eventually that's going to allow the swear words back, except for maybe a certain big one, if you will. But also what it's going to probably end up doing is having YouTube change things around to where when you say it's not for kids, then basically uh, what's going to happen, um, in my opinion, is they're going to come out and they're going to have this little age thing show up. And they're going to ask the person watching the video, put in the date you were born. And kids, you know, they might be innocent enough, maybe not, but kids might be innocent enough to be like, okay... I'll put in the day I was born, not realizing it's gonna not give them access, because what it's gonna, because what something like that will do is say, uh, uh, too young, you don't have access to this. That's why I think it's heading. That's why I think it's heading to where we're gonna get a compromise, and also a situation that may or may not work, to where you have to put the age in of who's watching the video, whether they're a guest, or or they have a, a username, because once you put that age in. It will make sure to filter out the videos that are not meant for them and, you know, put videos on there that are meant for them or something like that. But yeah, YouTube is cracking down on the swearing, but like I said, I don't think it's going to last. They're either going to, you know, compromise with everybody and say, okay, look, you could say certain words up to a certain word and then that's it. Because if you say that certain word, not only will we blank it out in the captions, we'll blank it out in the video, we'll mute it, you know, just like they do with certain music. Uh, that can't be used, you know, when they give you that option to mute out certain music or they automatically do it, you know, it's going to be, it's going to lead into one of those kind of situations. Or what's going to happen is there's going to be enough of a rally cry to where Google and Google slash YouTube be like, okay, 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 maybe we took it too far, we'll let you swear again, we'll monetize you again, but please do us a favor and limit it. Like they'll say, look, we'll give you all this back, but please make sure your videos don't have so much swearing. Like, they might say, hey, you know, please try to condense it to, let's say, 25% swearing or something. Or 50% swearing and that's it. And that might be what happens. We don't know. But yeah, they're cracking down on the swearing. But again, I don't think it's going to last because some of the things that I mentioned potentially happening, happening as a result, you know. Content creators coming up and doing an uproar, petitioning, a compromise being made, something, maybe even an age restriction thing coming up to where uh, whoever goes on there, you know, with an account, if they are a kid or a teen, if they're under a certain age of like 18, basically, they can't get to certain content. So we'll we'll see what occurs, um, you know, as time goes on. But yeah, if nothing does happen, it's going to be hard for a lot of YouTubers content creators like Angry Joe, you know, Joe Vargas, Nostalgia Critic, Doug Walker, um, James Wolf, the Angry Video Game Nerd, Chris Boars, Irate Gamer, and so on, 
you know, even Shane, Shane Lewis, you know, Shane Lewis, if you will, over at Rerez, it's going to be hard for them not to want to, you know, swear up a storm when they feel like it. You know, when when they want to rant or something like that. They're going to have to train themselves to be like, okay, I want to say this, but because I don't want to lose monetization, what other word can I say? And, again, that's if nothing happens in the near future, but I think something will. I think a reaction, a negative reaction to YouTube and Google making this decision is going to basically make them realize, okay, maybe we made a mistake. Let's compromise, see what we can do. And I think some of the compromises I brought up and, you know, possible reactions to a compromise uh, is afterwards, I think, is on the horizon of potentially happening. But what are your thoughts? Let me know in the comments and in the live chat during the premiere, during the premiere of this. And now on to topic number three. All right, topic number three is Vimo, BitChute, and Anchor, the next YouTube-like outlets. Now, Vimo and BitChute are basically other uh, video platforms you can upload content to. And Anchor is a podcast which allows you to do both audio and video uh, to make money off of. Well, more audio than video, I think. But yeah, you can make money off it. And... Uh, the question is, are they next to YouTube-like outlets? And, well, with Vimo, they, as I mentioned at the beginning in the uh, vlog portion of this, of this video, Vimo seems to be working along the lines of allowing you to monetize your uh, channel there by allowing you to, excuse me, by allowing you to basically create, uh, you know, to, to create basically your own, um, your own website, yeah, it will uh, it will allow you to create your own website. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at it right here. It will allow you to upload. Get that uh, little thing up there, but it will allow you to upload a uh, live event, screen record, and video make. It'll allow you to to do that. I think. Let's see what it will allow you to do here. Yeah, it will allow you to um, vi create your own videos and, and stuff. And, you know, that's pretty cool. It'll allow you to, like I said, live stream, I think. Create a live event. You know, so that's pretty cool. Um, it'll allow you to uh, do a screen recording, which is nice. But then on top of that, on top of that, like I said, it will allow you to monetize. That's right. It will allow you to monetize. And it says, monetize your content with your own branded site and apps. Create a site. Learn more. So, yeah, you can actually monetize by creating your own site with Vimo. I don't know what Bit BitChute does for monetization. But that sounds good on Vimo's part because they realize, you know, obviously somebody there is realizing, hey, YouTube is not what it used to be. We need to, you know, start doing things to make us more competitive with YouTube and make us the alternative to YouTube uh, as well. Probably the best alternative. Basically be the AEW uh, to, to YouTube's WWE, if you will. Uh, but that's an option. And then Anchor.fm, which is owned by um, Spotify, allows you to monetize um, almost right off the bat. Well, I think there's a waiting period. I can't remember. But they allow you to monetize right off the bat. And when you reach a certain 
um, time frame, if you will, they will add in what is known as Ad Ambassador. That's right. They will allow you to have Ad Ambassador uh, as part of your um, your your channel, part of your podcast. So what that does is it will double what you make. It will do that. You know, it will double what you make for. So, for example, right now the anchor I have on there. Now, when I first got anchor, I'll put it to you like this. I, I think I have it here. When I first got anchor, basically, you know, it ended. You know, I, I don't know when it ended initially, but it ended like about a year, almost a year, not even a year af- after I got it, and I had to wait for a while to monetize again, and then it finally came back up to. To give me that option, I think that's when Anchor was just starting out as a subdivision, as a subsite for for Spotify, or before Spotify even came on board and bought it and everything. But yeah, you know, um, but yeah, Anchor used to have Anchor used to have the um, ad thing there, but only temporarily. And then I think ever since Spotify came around, they're like, yeah, let's put that as a permanent deal. And then the Anchor Ambassador ad, you know that. That right there got added late last year uh, for me because I was mostly doing Anchor. I finally had reinstated my Anchor ad, if you will. But then the Anchor Ambassador ad came out of nowhere and really surprised me because I remember just, uh, you know, I I just remember basically, um, what's the one I'm looking for? I just remember basically one day checking uh, my monetization, and all of a sudden, it it was like 24 hours after the last time I checked it, and it went from what it was to like $10 more. I was like, what is this? And then I looked down, oh, it's the Ad Ambassador ad, and I was like, what is this? And according to the site here, it says, ad- Ambassador ads are a way to begin your monetization journey on Anchor. To qualify, you need at least 50 unique listeners on your podcast. You can find whether you've unlocked ambassador ads by looking at your money tab. Well, I have more than fifty unique listeners, <laughs> if you will, on my monetization on my on my thing, uh, if you will. You know, I've I have more I have more unique listeners, I believe. As a matter of fact, according to this, I have seventy. At, the audience size in the past week has been sixty three. I've had five plays per episode. I've had plays all time being 10,965. Now the audience, basically, that is a unique platform in its own right. Because I have so much going on there. I mean, (laughs) when you look at this, uh, the one that's leading the pack is iHeartRadio, Spotify, web browsers, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music. They all lead the pack. Podbean is in there. Well, I guess Podbean's a part of that now. Huh. I didn't know that. So I'm on Podbean if you want to find me there. And other as well. And then the average from an age-wise perspective, the highest is 45 to 59. Which is kind of in my age range almost. And I'm 80% here in the United States geographically. But also state-wise, get this. 20% in Ohio, 15% here in California. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. And then uh, as far as devices, how people listen to me, 
you know, the one that's leading the pack is other, but right behind it is Android, iPhone, and Windows. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I got enough people there. And according to Spotify, I created last year 2,899 minutes of new content. That's more than 99% of other creators in your category. In other words, I did more than those in the category that I'm in. Which is, um, I think, arts and everything or something like that. But yeah, I've had a lot of viewers, which is pretty cool. And as of right now, I'm at $75.43 and it's continuously building, which is pretty cool. But yeah, that, that again, like I said, when I, when I saw that I had that last year, I was shocked. But then, of course, it got taken away because of the end of year and just recently got reinstated because of my average size of an audience. So that, to me, is a benefit. That's an additional benefit, you know, thank God. And to me, that's what makes Anchor kind of very... You know, YouTube-like, like being the next YouTube-like um, site to go to, even if it's mostly just for audio, that it, it puts it in that category. And then with Vimo doing what it's doing by allowing you to create a site and monetize off that, possibly, that's another way to really um, help out in the long run. So I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I look at what they're doing. I look at what sites like BitChute could be doing. Uh, excuse me, and everything. In fact, let me look at BitChute and what they do. Um, let me see about them. I don't know if they do monetization or not. I don't know if they do monetization or not. Yeah, they do. It says, uh, create monetize, create a monetization. So, let's see. Monetization. Let's see what they are. Okay, so... It says, advertising is in, is invite only at this time. Once available, advertising can be used as a source for monetization uh, for creators. Creators will be able to source and create their own adverts, which will appear alongside the content of the BitChute platform. It says, as available... Advertising space is limited. Adverts sourced by creators will be mixed with those sourced by BitChute team. Creators will be able to select the split that suits them from the following, uh, following options. I want it all. Only adverts sourced by the creator will be, will be displayed alongside the content. Fair share. 50-50% between the content creator and BitChute. Supporter. Only adverts sourced by BitChute will display alongside the content. So, yeah, basically it's similar. And they do have uh, certain things to them um, as well. Like say, you got to comply with all advertising standards. You must promote a specific product. Uh, you cannot contain, your adverts cannot contain crime, violence, terrorism. Uh, basically the whole thing. Basically the whole thing. Um, so you got, it says, they have options. They have subscriber star, coin payments, Patreon, and PayPal, L and uh, PayChute. You know, which will allow them to, which is coming soon, which will allow them to uh, do these kind of things. Um, you know, to make money and everything. So they're kind of similar to YouTube, but a little bit more 
uh, lenient, it sounds like. But yeah, I look at those three, uh, th th uh, those three avenues, uh, uh, sites, if you will, and I do look at them as the next YouTube-like outlets for content creators like myself. Because, again, as I mentioned in the previous topic, YouTube is cracking down on swearing and stuff. And that's not sitting well with a lot of folks. And like I said, something will be coming out of it. I just get this feeling that's going to be like a compromise or something down the line. But yeah, I do look at Vimo and BitChute and Anchor, uh, Anchor.fm as, as the next uh, YouTube-like content outlets and everything. So... That's all I'm going to really say on that, guys. Let me know what your thoughts are down below in the live chat, as well as in uh, the, um, like I said, in the live chat, as well as in the uh, comments below. Let me know down below, and on to the next topic. I do apologize for that. That is my mom's radio that went off. Apparently, she didn't set it right, when, you know, to go off when it needs to. Okay, so our next topic, ladies and gentlemen, is an interesting one because it has been making the news and headlines for a bit. Uh, if you look around here on YouTube, it has. <laughs> and that is, Woke SJW Cancel Culture Dying? Eh, well, it seems like it is. It seems like a lot of the decisions that were made in favor of the woke culture, SJW culture and council culture, is now being reversed. Not just because of David Zasloff or Elon Musk and all that, but because of other things as well. It's almost like basically... A lot of the people that are coming into new positions, you know, at some studios and, you know, businesses, uh, you know, businesses and stuff like that, like social media and everything, you know, they're, they're starting to realize, hey, wait a minute, why, you know, there's something weird here, like, you know, they're, they're looking at the, like the fact that, like, wait a minute, we have an all-woman answer to this, and why is this and that? You know, they're looking at all these things and they're like, wait a minute. And they'll realize, and by realizing that, they're going like, uh-uh, this ain't happening no more. You know, we, to, to basically, to them, it's like, look, this ain't happening no more. You had your fun. We get the message. Yes, women are equal, if not superior in some places, than men. That's how they're seeing it. They're like, look, you got your message across. We get it. That's why a lot of this stuff that used to be, you know, propaganda for woke culture or council culture, or SJW culture. Apparently, according to sites like Clownfish and Yellow Flash and others, geeks and gamers, it's dying out. It is being basically put on the back burner to sit and rot and to see how it's done when an agenda is not put in place. And now that you have, as I said in a video, audio video, podcast if you will you have kevin mccarthy now as the head of heads the head speaker the house speaker of representatives he does seem like the kind of guy that's not going to take bs from these sjw people and all that um from here on in he's not going to take you know any bs from them you know he's just going to call it say it like it is apparently so yeah does it feel like you know certain places certain things that used to be supporting and used to make things to to help, you know, spread the agenda, spread the message of woke SJW and council culture uh, to a T. Does it feel like it's all going away and dying? Yeah. Slowly but surely, it is dying. It is going away. But will it stay gone? Will it stay shelved indefinitely? That's another thing we have to look at. 
because nothing is gone forever. In fact, in fact, if you, uh, like I said at the beginning, at the first topic here, just ask the wrestling fans out there about Vince McMahon returning. Nothing stays gone forever. You know, so, you know, will, you know, the council culture, SJW and woke culture be gone for good? Can't, can't say right now, but it does look like everything that they used to have put in their favor is pretty much, you know, being demolished. It's pretty much, you know, being shelved uh, indefinitely because basically a lot of people are looking at it like, you know, hey, you got your agenda across. You got your point across. Now let people have their entertainment. Let them have their fun and stop ruining it. That's basically the message I think that's being put across to them. And again, when you have Kevin McCarthy now as the House of Representatives Speaker, that's not a good sign for them either. It's not. Because you're going to have a lot of people in these studios and in these businesses that are happy about that. And they're going to say, hey, you want to take it up with me? Why don't you try taking it up with the guy that feels the same way now who's now the House Speaker? Just saying. But yeah, it does feel like it's going away. It does feel like it's dying. But is it gone entirely is the question. We're not really sure yet. Because, again, before we know, before the year's out, all of a sudden you can have an uprising of the woke culture, of the SJW culture, and the council culture all in, all in one fell swoop. You can have an uprising that could be unavoidable. But as of right now, I think we're in the clear. I think everybody is in the clear. And despite how they might feel about it, look, they had their time in the sun. They, they had their time in the sun. They got the message across. Now it's time to move on, and that's why it seems like the woke SJW and council cultures are dying right now, or at least being indefinitely suspended and put on the shelf for the time being. But what are your thoughts on this? How do you feel about it? How do you feel about the woke SJW and the council cultures dying and essentially having everything that they wanted to you know, u- utilize to send a message being shelved indefinitely? Let me know down in the comments and in the live chat uh, during this premiere. And now on to our next topic. Alright, next topic here. Will Warner Brothers Discovery cut more content from HBO Max? Yes. In case you guys haven't been paying attention, it seems recently the WBD, David Zaslav and his crew have been on a cutting spree. That's right, they've been on a cutting spree. By cutting out a lot of content from HBO Max. Not just some of the content I've talked about before and others have talked about before. But recently content involving the Looney Tunes and the Flintstones. But why? Why are they doing this? Well, apparently, in my opinion, this is what I'm picking up on from what I can tell. uh, Being one that has the service. Boomerang has the Flintstones. So I think the reason they're cutting the Flintstones from HBO Max... Is because why have it on two platforms when you already have it on one? The same with the Looney Tunes. It's like why have it on two platforms when you already have it on one? It doesn't make sense. I mean, profitably, yeah, it would make sense. But to make room, if you will, for maybe newer content, whether we like that newer content or not, you got to get rid of the other content that you know doesn't need to be there because it's already housed somewhere else. And that's my opinion. I think that's why we're seeing, you know, Looney Tunes and the Flintstones and other classic animated content being cut from HBO Max, but not cut from Boomerang because it's already there. 
Now, as far as the other stuff that they've cut, like Infinity Train, yeah, there's a good chance that's coming back, you know, very soon. I think they only cut that, you know, for, you know, financial measures, cost-saving measures, but I'm pretty sure it will be back in some capacity. Remember, one of the goals David Zaslav wants to do with a lot of these things is shop them around to other platforms. I mean, the uh, Batman Cape Crusader Crusader show seems to be heading towards Amazon really, really soon if something goes on there, as well as some other properties that are being shopped around, like the Looney Tunes movie with Daphne and Porky. That might be heading to Amazon. That might be heading to... um, you know, Netflix, well, we know, maybe even Disney. <laughs> believe, it, believe that or not. So, yeah, that's what they're in the process of doing. But if they have basically the same shows and cartoons on one platform that they own, then why have it on another platform? It, You know, it doesn't really make sense. And that's why I think and believe a lot of this is being cut because if you already have it housed on a platform that's dedicated, it, dedicated to it 24-7, then why have it on a platform um, that's, you know, trying to readjust, you know, its uh, content, you know, for the future under this new management? It doesn't make sense. I mean, I can understand people being disappointed about it. But again, like I said, I think what they're doing is they're realizing, hey, we don't mind having certain content, animated content on here. But the content that was on Boomerang that's also on here doesn't need to be on here. It needs to stay on Boomerang. That's what I'm thinking. That's why, I mean, that's why we haven't seen Boomerang get the axe either. Because it is still a financial juggernaut, believe it or not, for Warner Brothers. You know, for Warner Brothers Discovery. It's still a financial juggernaut, no matter how you see it. That's why you got a lot of new content sometimes coming on there eventually down the lines. So to me, you know, when I hear about Warner Brothers, you know, cutting more, cutting this content... You know, I, I'm looking at the fact that they're cutting the content mainly because it's already being showcased and housed over one platform that they're associated with. So why have it here? Now, as far as, like I said, movies and stuff go, you know, like Infinity Train. Infinity Train, I think, is going to be back. It might go to Boomerang. It might be back on HBO Max. Heck, it might get shopped around to Amazon and Netflix. You never know. So it's it's still around. It's still going to be around. I mean, especially if you have the soundtracks and everything being listed at the Cartoon Network website. There's no doubt it's going to come back. It's just a matter of time of who gains the rights to it. But will there be more content cut? I truly believe there will be. I do, unfortunately. I, I think as long as it's platformed, uh, as long as it's also housed at another platform, I think there's no doubt you will see it get cut. Like with Yogi Bear, the Yogi Bear show, it's going to be cut. It's going to rem- It's going to stay on Boomerang. Because it's, well, well, mainly, well, I'm trying to say, let me write, yeet! okay, you know, Yogi, the Yogi Bear Show, and the new Yogi Bear, the new Yogi Bear Show, both of them, those are going to be cut from HBO Max, but they'll remain on Boomerang because they were already there. Why have them on HBO Max when you have it there? It doesn't make sense, you know. Um, other content, I think more Looney Tunes are going to unfortunately be cut classic Looney Tunes shorts and that's mainly because a lot of them could be migrated over to Boomerang that's what I see so yeah I do see more content being cut in the near future as we approach the rebranding date for the site as a whole and the merger of both Discovery Plus and HBO Max as a whole um, as well Um, but yeah I do see it happening 
and I don't and I think it's going to happen soon. I think we're going to see more cuts made very soon. Like I said, Yogi Bear Yogi Bear content, you know, if it's on Boomerang, it's going to get cut from HBO Max. Uh Huckleberry Hound, same thing. Um various other Looney Tunes cartoon shorts from the classic era, same thing. It's all going to happen. The Jetsons, same thing. You know, unfortunately, Top Cat, same thing. It's all going to happen, guys. Because I think what David Zaslav and his crew is looking at is why have all this on two, you know, two platforms that we own when we could use the space that these cartoons, these shows and stuff that are on the other platform are taking up for newer content or for content we could purchase and put onto our show. You know, like maybe they want to have space to maybe eventually put AEW on there. Who knows? But... Yeah, I think there's going to be more cuts eventually. And it's all mainly going to be because Boomerang already houses a lot of these cartoons. And I think that's what's going to be the main focus is, you know, uh, make space by taking out uh, the cartoons that are already on Boomerang, keeping them on Boomerang, and making space for other content that they could bring in. So I think that's what's happening. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what, what is happening. And that's just my opinion. But what are your thoughts? Let me know down below in the comments as well as in the live chat during the premiere. And on to our last topic of the day. Alright, our last topic of the day. I know I talk about this a lot and it's obviously a tradition for me to talk about in some capacity. But our sixth and final topic. Will 2023 be the year we see a female singer artist do a Sledgehammer inspired music video a la Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer video to their own song or a cover of the Sledgehammer song? song. Now I know a lot of people will look at me and say, well, didn't you already talk about this so many times? Yes, I have. But again, it's worth mentioning because I've noticed that there are a lot of things, you know, going into the favor of this happening. I mean, when you get, I mean, when you look at the fact that one of the videos that recently premiered uh, on YouTube was animated, that to me, and I think it was by the artist Layla, uh, to me, that's a sign. And when you start seeing more videos kind of have that animation feel, and the fact that, I think I've mentioned this before, animation is looked at as a leading contender as to do uh, music videos for the future, because even though it's a little bit more financially expensive to do, it's a lot quicker. You know, it's a lot quicker to do, and especially it allows the imagination of the artist's uh, lyrics in the song to come to life. I mean, when Peter did Sledgehammer, one of the lyrics in that song at the beginning was, I'll be anything you need. And throughout the song, throughout the music video, he became anything on the screen. You know, via his face and stuff. He became anything. He became a fruit face. He became basically a, a wall or a house, if you will. He became claymation, where basically... You know, his hands became sledgehammers and they hit him in the face and then he, you know, that spawned a mini version of him on his face and and then he split apart and then he was a, you know, then he was a wall, a mouth on a wall, then he was a yin-yang sign, then he was a ocean and then the ocean came up and he was, you know, faced and he was a collage wall, you know, just crazy stuff and then a star man at the end. So, so to me, animation is been basically touted as heading in a direction that allows that kind of stuff to happen. And with the technology we got today, I truly believe we are closer than ever before. 
We are. And there are artists out there, up and coming, established, all of them, that can make this happen. And they know they can make it happen. But will they make it happen? Who knows? But I truly believe this is going to be the year. Or at least this will be, I'll put it this way. I think this will be the year that will kickstart this effort into happening and becoming a reality. But that's just my opinion. I know it sounds silly for me to keep bringing it up. But again, it's just something that I truly believe is going to happen. I mean, recently since, you know, even at Christmas and even afterwards, there have been so many times... They've been playing the Sledgehammer song on the radio network that, to me, that's always a sign. I mean, a, a month ago, when they started doing that, along with the Christmas music, that was the first time they ever played it. And I was like, that's a sign. And then they played it again about a week or two late, about a week or so later. It's a sign, in my opinion, that I need to keep talking about this, bringing it up, and wondering and asking, if not suggesting, that the time is now. That the time is relevant for it to happen. But what do you guys think? Do you think maybe I'm just grasping at straws? Or do you think maybe I do have a point that this is the time to do it? And let me know if maybe there are videos similar to our... our uh, sim okay, let me rewind. Alright. What I was trying to say is let me know if there are videos out there currently by female artists that are similar in tone to what Peter Gabriel did with Sledgehammer. Let me know down below in the comments as well as in the live chat during the premiere. Like the video. And on to our closing thoughts. Alright, closing thoughts here, guys. So, um, uh, so first of all, I want to thank you guys for watching this. It will be divided into chapters. Um, so you guys could be, make it easier for you to, to find uh, the, the chapters, if you will. Uh, or to find what you want to listen to. This will be podcasted, audio podcast, for BWS discussions in the future. So check that, check it out there when it comes up there. Uh, but yeah, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, you know, topics on my mind. The first one of 2023. There will be live streams coming uh, this week after Tuesday. Uh, God willing, nothing you know storm related happens and everything that you know prevents my mom from going to work. But I do value her safety more than anything, especially now. God willing, she gets home safely, which she will. Because she's navigated through this before. Um, but yeah. Um, you know. There will be live streams coming like I said. And hopefully nothing jeopardizes that. If it does. So be it. But again. Thank you for listening. And watching. Um, this. Uh, like I said. The first topics on my mind for 2023. Let me know what your thoughts are. On each of the topics. Which again. Will be divided into chapters. And until next time guys. I will talk to you all later.